Good evening, church. Light the fire in my soul. That's all right. Thank God for His goodness. It is great to see you here this evening, both members and visitors alike. We thank you for being here, those online and those who are here in attendance. Let's uh, pray together to our God. Oh, merciful and wonderful, great and gracious God, thank you. Heavenly Father, for your goodness, for your patience, for thinking of us continuously, for rescuing us and saving us, for giving us yet another chance today, another opportunity to worship you. Thank you for this day. Help us, Lord God, to keep our focus and our worship on you, to remember Jesus, your great Son, And to never forget your blessings and your promises. In Jesus' holy name we pray and thank thee. If it be thy will. Amen. A merry heart. You know, there's, um, there are plenty of occasions in this life, as Brother James said, this organized, chaotic life. For the Christian, for chaos in our world, there's plenty of time to be sad, to be grumpy, to not have a smile on your face. But you know, God has uh, given us amazing knowledge about that smile that is sometimes, should be often on our faces, that joy, that happiness, that, that uh, beauty that, that comes out, that flows through our facial expressions. God is the greatest psychologist uh, that man will ever know. And his therapy is straightforward. It's to the point. And keeping this relationship with God will bring joy. This is this is tonight, this idea of how can I, we talked this morning about the lily of the valley and, and the heart medicine and God's goodness. And well, let's think about what I can do. What can I personally do in my relationship to God, to keep my heart healthy? It's a good question. To keep my body healthy and to keep my joy complete. I want to go to Proverbs chapter 17. So here's what a joyful heart is. It is a preventative product and a corrective treatment of the mind. Sometimes, you know, you have to uh, snap out of that mood, right? Get into that mood and you just can't figure out why am I in this mood. And you gotta snap out of it. You gotta make yourself snap out of it. Well, that's good for us. A joyful heart. A merry heart. Listen to what Proverbs 17, 22 says. A joyful heart is good medicine, but a broken spirit dries up the bones. So think about this for just a moment. Think about the bones that a broken spirit dries up the bones. Now, the converse is a joyful heart is good medicine. Go back to chapter 14 and verse 30. 1430 says, A tranquil heart is life to the body, but passion is rottenness to the bones. So here's what God is telling us. This is what we know medically, that blood is produced in the bones. Called the marrow, right? A joyful heart is good medicine to the bones, which tells me 
and tells us medically, if you will, that as the blood is produced, the spirit of a man, the mindset of a man, helps to produce good blood. Right? Look at Proverbs chapter 18. And in so doing, uh, you will have a healthier life, a joyful heart. That smile is so amazing. In fact, it takes more muscles to make a frown than it does make a smile, right? Proverbs 18 and verse 14. The Bible says, The spirit of a man can endure his sickness, but a broken spirit who can bear? See, God is talking about attitude. If, if you get your attitude right, if you keep your attitude right, you'll find an amazing difference in your life. Look at chapter 15 and verse 13, also verse 15. The Bible says there, A joyful heart makes a cheerful face, but when the heart is sad, the spirit is broken. There's plenty of opportunity and times where we're going to have broken spirits, broken hearts because of this world that we live in. But when you have an opportunity to be happy, be happy, church. Be happy. God wants us to be happy. And do we really, outside of the, the, the situations that happen in our lives that are very devastating, and I'm not making light of those, but outside of those, do we have a reason to not be happy? We're going to heaven. <laughs> I mean, we have an eternal home that is amazing. Why in the world would we walk around with, with a sullen look on our faces? Happiness is the mark of a Christian. I want you to think about something for just a moment. If a visitor walks into these doors and we're all happy, you think they'll come back? Yeah, right? But if a visitor walks into these doors and we're all grumpy, you think they'll come back? I don't think so. Happiness, right? Find that inner joy and that inner peace in Christ Jesus. Reflect on the amazing blessings that we have in Christ Jesus. Look at verse 15. Verse 15 says, All the days of the afflicted are bad, but a cheerful heart has a continual feast. It's this continual thing that we can think about. Here, I'll give you something. Second Corinthians chapter 4. God says, well, you know, I know that you're having a tough time, but I want you to know something, Christians. Well, what, Lord, what do you want us to know? That even though today may have had a lot of trouble and difficulty, God says, don't worry, I'm doing something for you today that's going to bless you tomorrow. Well, what is that, Lord? Look at verse 16. Therefore, we do not lose heart, but though the outer man is decaying, yet the inner man is being renewed day by day. God gives us the strength every day, every day to make the choice to be a happy child of God, rejoicing in the greatness of His glory. Verse 17 says, For momentary light afflictions is producing for us an eternal weight of glory far beyond all comparison. While we look not at the things which are seen, but at the things which are not seen. For the things which are seen are temporal, but the things which are not seen are eternal. To go back to, to think about, the good stuff in our lives. There's more good than bad. Turn to Proverbs chapter 15, please. You see, it's kind of what you make of it, right? You, you can have a, a terrible situation, but you can, you can find a way to will yourself to see the good. You know, the Bible says in, in Hebrews chapter 12, it says, you know, Jesus was going to the cross. And then it, and then it uses this word. And you go, how, how, could, how could God use this word? And the word is joy. That for the joy set before him, he endured the cross. 
despised it. Joy. Where was there joy in that? But God found joy even in death. Listen to Proverbs uh, chapter 15 and verse 30. Bright eyes gladden the heart. Good news puts fat on the bone. Back to the bone. Back to the bone. Back to the bone. Not too much fat, Lord, someone says. Back to the bone, though, right? A joyful heart. Happiness. Why aren't you happy? Good question. Matthew, please. Chapter 6. Sometimes I know you have to, we have to dig deep to find happiness because of the, the trying times of our, of our day. But brethren, there's happiness in everything because God is with us. Promises never to leave us nor forsake us. He's always with us. Even in the valley, He's with us. And for that reason, we ought to be happy. In Matthew 6, in verse 22, the Bible says, The lamp of the body is the eye. If therefore your eye is clear, your whole body will be full of light. But if your eye is bad, your whole body will be full of darkness. If therefore the light is, uh, is in you, is darkness, how great is the darkness. But we don't have the darkness in us, brother. We're trying to walk in the light. And when you walk in the light, that brings joy. There's joy in being a Christian. I'm a child of God. I'm a child of, I am not in the world in a lost state. I am a child of God walking in the light in a saved state, says our God. Joy. Happiness. Ecclesiastes, please. Chapter 3. Joy and happiness because of the greatness of the God in whom we serve. Learn to enjoy life. And not just learn to enjoy life. Learn to light up the room. I mean, bring joy to others. You know, when you're around brethren, especially, uh, find a reason to make everybody happy and joyful in Christ. I think I've met more grumpy Christians than I've met happy ones. And I've never figured out why. I have never figured out why I met more grumpy Christians. And I'm like, aren't you a Christian? Like, yeah, wow. What happened? <laughs> doom and gloom. Like, no, it's not doom and gloom. It's rejoicing because we're God's children. What a great joy it is to be a child of God. I think we just stress ourselves out too much because we're so into so, you know, we got a high dollar houses and a high dollar cars and a high dollar everything. And it's, you know, it's the upkeep. I don't know what, what's going on with us. Joy and happiness. What a great opportunity to be a child of God. Verse 11. He has made everything appropriate in his time. He's also set eternity in their heart. Yes, so that man will not find out the work which God has done from the beginning, even to the end. I know that there is nothing better than to rejoice and to do good in one's lifetime. Yeah, be happy, right? Rejoice. Rejoice in the Lord always. Again, I say rejoice. That's in the Bible, isn't it? Rejoice. Let your forbearing spirit be made known to God. Rejoice because... Because of our stand where we are. Turn to Hebrews chapter 12. Because we are in, you talk about the locative case in the Greek language, the idea that we are in Christ. And to be in Christ, location, what a great joy. There's no greater joy than to be a child of God. We've all been on the other side of the fence. There's no greater joy than to be a child of God. I know you see it, and I know you know it. And tonight, I just wanted to encourage you to, to remember that uh, our true gifts come from the Father, and He keeps giving us stuff. 
He just keeps blessing us and blessing us. And why are you blessing us, Lord? Because I love you, child. Lord, thank you. But know where your, know where your, your, your gifts are coming from, right? Know where, and, and give God the glory. And, and make sure that your life is full of substance, right? And that it has some kind of purpose every day. That's what I find joyful in Christ. Every day there's a purpose. Every moment of our lives there's a purpose. Every, every moment in your life there is an opportunity. And when you're around the world, you're always thinking about that opportunity. The opportunity to, to do good. To be what God wants us to be. To walk with Jesus in the light, right? Hebrews 12, verse 1, the heroes of faith encourage us. Therefore, since we have so great a cloud of witnesses surrounding us, let us also lay aside the every encumbrance and the sin which so easily entangles us. Let us run with endurance the race that is set before us, fixing our eyes on Jesus. The author and perfecter of the faith, who for the joy set before him endured the cross, despising the shame and has sat down at the right hand of the throne of God. Jesus. Jesus. You have, you have substance in your life. Back to Matthew chapter 13 for just a moment. Matthew chapter 13. Do you have substance in your life? Because if, if you don't have substance, maybe that, maybe that's one of the reasons you can't find joy. There's no substance in your life. Right? And you know, if there's no substance in your life, there's not much to you. I mean, I hate to think about it all that way, but isn't it true? Just not much to you. And you know, Jesus talks about that idea of, of, of that substance. He talks about it in regards to the soil. What's your heart like? Yeah, are you giving God something to work with? Right? Some of thee and, or all of thee or part. How much of, how much of your life are you giving God to work with? How much of your heart are you giving God to work with? Substance. Verse 20. The sower and the seed. The one on whom seed was sown on the rocky places. This is the man who hears the word and immediately receives it with joy. And he has no firm root in himself. But it's only temporary. And when affliction and persecution arises because of the world, immediately he falls away. Imagine that. How sad. Just wasn't enough substance, was there? There wasn't enough ground to toil. There wasn't enough for God to be able to work with. And so they fell away. Satan's there. I know it. If you give God all of your heart, he has more to work with, right? And turn to Mark 12. And when he has more to work with, he'll bring joy into your life because you can always reflect on not only who you are, but you can always reflect on who he is. And joy the opportunity to be good, not only to others, but, you know, be good to yourself, right? Be good to yourself. Be good to your body. Be good to your, to your mind. Be good to yourself. So Jesus says it in this way with the great commandment in verse 29. The foremost is here, O Israel, the Lord our God is one Lord. And you shall love the Lord your God with all your heart, with all your soul, and with all your mind, and with all of your Strength. And you realize when you're giving like that, see, when you give, you receive. What you sow, you reap. See, the more you love God, I, mean, I know you, you might question me on this, but the more you love God, the more God has an opportunity to love you. Right? The more you give to God, the more God will take. Right? And when God takes it, He fills you up. So 
So you got to give it all to God. I know God, God doesn't want some of us. God wants all of us, right? And I know that God's love is not conditional. He's not expecting anything in return. But when you give God all of your heart, you give God amazing opportunities to work with you and to work in you. And if you will listen also to verse 31, the second is this. You shall love your neighbor as yourself. There's no other commandment greater than these. You gotta learn how to, we have to learn how to love. Even the, even the hard people, right? I mean, you have to admit, sometimes you, when I think about myself, I know sometimes I'm, I'm a little hard. I'm a little stubborn, you know, all that kind of stuff. I don't want to go too far in that. I'm a little stubborn, you know. Sometimes I'm a little bit like Russ, right? It's alright. It's alright. But I gotta learn to love myself. And that's really important. You gotta to learn to love yourselves. When you learn to love yourselves in Christ. Now, listen to what I'm, I'm, we're talking about here. We're talking about love yourself in Christ. Loving the new man because you love what God has made you. What God is turning you into. You know the old you. And when you look back and you say, wow, God has done so much for me. Thank you, Lord, for trans- transforming me and changing me and making me what I am today. God is talking about self appreciation, not self-centeredness. That's different, right? Not self-centeredness, self-appreciation. Thank you, God. Because what you did, what what we all have done as God's children, we gave ourselves to God. You ought to appreciate that. You had the choice to give yourself to God. Every day we have a choice to give ourselves to God or to keep ourselves to ourselves. And you chose. To give yourself to God. Appreciate that. That was a good choice. God wants to work on our heart. We have to have self-respect. Not arrogance. Get rid of pride. Get it out of your life. All of us, right? Get that pride out. That pride is going to kill you. It's going to kill all of us. We have to get rid of the pride. Get rid of the arrogance. And believe in the blessings of the Lord. And then you'll find this amazing amount of peace. And when we find ourselves loving God, we find ourselves surrendering. And we surrender to God to save ourselves. We surrender to God to save our lives. Peter said, save yourselves from this perverse generation. We have to do all that we can. Every moment of our lives to stay in a stay, a saved state. Stay with God. Proverbs 19, please. Love your soul. Love your soul. Love this opportunity in, in service and regeneration and, and, and the blessings of God. Love your soul. Love your lives. So as to be saved. There's some, Second Thessalonians tells us, that did not love their lives so as to be saved. Love your soul. Love your life so as to be saved. Want to be saved. Desire to be saved. Reflect on your salvation. Not to bring a happy heart. A merry heart. A happy life. Proverbs 19 and verse 8. He who gets wisdom loves his own soul. He who keeps understanding will find good. 
See, Paul said, I, I buffet my body and make it my slave. Less if possible. After I preach to others, I find myself disqualified. You gotta love yourself enough to say, wait a minute. I gotta save myself too. Right? Yes, we have to save the world as we have opportunity, but you also have to save yourself. Love yourself. Love your soul for the cause and for the sake of salvation. Proverbs 16. Be happy because of the great joy that we find in Christ Jesus our Lord. Look at verse 18. Pride. Back to pride. Pride goes before destruction and a haughty spirit before stumbling. It is better to be of a humble spirit with the lowly than to divide the spoil with the proud. He who gives attention to the world shall find good and blesses he who trusts in the Lord. Don't trust in yourself, right? Love your soul. So think about this for just a moment. First Corinthians chapter 3. Think for just a moment of this great blessing the world does not have. The world doesn't have God. We recognize that, right? We, we understand that. We know that the world does not have God. For that alone should bring tremendous joy into our hearts to know that we have God in us. You know what God says? First Corinthians 3 and verse 16. Do you not know that you are a temple of God? Me? I'm a temple of God? Wait, God put so much stock into me that God has made me a walking, talking church building? <laughs> me? Right? I never grew up thinking I'd be something, something like that. So then I'm happy because I am something important to God. But I'm also something important to the world. Do you not know that you are a temple of God and that your, the Spirit of God dwells in, in you? What? Why would God, oh, come on, you got to be happy about that. <laughs> God dwells in me? The next verse says, And if any man destroys the temple of God, God will destroy him, for the temple of God is holy, and that is what you are. Declared by God. God said I was holy, not me. Right? Isn't that great? It's not a false hope. God tells us that we have every reason to be happy. He's in us. He's with us. It's got to bring joy to your heart. 1 Corinthians 12. And that's why God can say, I'll never leave you nor forsake you because I'm already with you. I'm in you. Think about the relationship with God. Accept who you are. Don't fight God. God made you just the way He wanted you to be. That's a joy. That's a joy. You know, you see me? That's what God wanted me to be. And I'm like, that's all right. right? Be happy with who you are. Right? Oftentimes we, we look into the mirror and we're not too happy. Be happy with who you are. God made you just the way He needs you to be. Right? Because the who, the who that you are and the way that you are and what you are, you can reach someone that I can't. We're all different for a reason. It'd be pretty boring if we all were exactly the same, wouldn't it? Listen to what he said about the church. First Corinthians 12 and verse, 20, uh, verse 18. But now God has placed the members, each one of them, in the body just as he desired. 
And he, not only did he make us the way we are, he put you here, right? In the church, exactly where he wants you to be. Isn't that great? It's great news, right? Now, if our lives are not aligned with Christ, obviously we walked away from Christ. But if our, li- if our lives are aligned with Christ, we're in great shape. Use the talent that God has given to you uh, for the, the helping and the perfecting of the faith that the Bible speaks of. Okay, Proverbs 23. And I want to talk about the power of the mind for just a moment. The power of the mind. Proverbs 23 and verse 7. For as he thinks within himself, so is he. And he says to you, eat and drink, but his heart is not with you. And it's talking about a selfish man and who, you know, who he is and don't be that way. But the principal thought is, what do you think of yourself? If you walk around, right, and you're, and you're always depressed and you're always uptight and angry and upset and all that, that, that's who you, you just define yourself. People don't want to be around that kind of attitude. If you walk around thinking, I, you know, I can't do it and you just have this, this feeling of disbelief, there's no way I can make it. I, you're right, you're going to fail. You have to have what God has given to us, and that is a winner's mindset. You've got to believe in yourself. You've got to believe that you can and you will because of the greatness of God. Not because necessarily that maybe the talents that you have, your talents came from God. You can. We can. And in Christ, our our aim and our goal is to be in heaven with God. And God has done everything to make that possible for us. How do you see yourself today? Do I see myself as happy? Well, I don't have a reason to be happy. Well, start reading that book, right? It'll make you happy. God's Word is so powerful and, and so full. A man sustains the ills of his body and the trials of of his life by the strength and the energy of his mind, right? If you're depressed, you're going to feel depressed, right? You ever been there before, right? Where you're just like, I don't know, I just, and you just feel horrible inside and your mind is depressed. You're going to feel that way. Well, if you're lively and you're excited, you do the best you can. And I know that, you know, I'm not saying we're always so lively and excited, but you ought to try to be. It's amazing what you can do. Amazing. They, they say that most of our, our, our energy, you know, 90% of it is mental. 10% of it is the physical. We can do things we never thought we'd be able to do. Just have to have that confidence and that constant trust in Christ Jesus. Turn to Psalm 38, please. I'll tell you one thing that helps with this happiness, a merry heart. One of the things that really helps with a merry heart, is this. Clear your conscience. Free your mind. That's in Christ, right? Psalm 38, beginning in verse 1. O Lord, rebuke me not in thy wrath, and chasten me not in thy burning anger. For thine arrows have sunk deep into me, And thy hand has pressed down on me. There is no soundness in my flesh because of thine indignation. There is no health in my bones because 
of my sin. For my iniquities are gone over my head. As a heavy burden, they weigh too much for me. And that's what some of us do. Some of us choose to carry the burden like it's a chain locked onto our legs and we just can't let it go. And it's a lot more difficult to walk with, with a, you know, a, a sack on your back than it is to walk with a free mind, right? Let the sack go. Let it go. Get rid of it, right? You're just slowing us down. The conscience. Have a clear mind, a clear conscience with our Lord. First John chapter 1. So here's how you do it if you're not a Christian. If you're not a child of God, you clear your conscience. Uh, the Bible says in the like figure, though baptism also now save you, it's not the removal of the filth of the flesh, but it's an appeal to God for a clear conscience through the resurrection of Jesus Christ. That's in 1 Peter 3 and verse 21. Let Jesus clear your conscience by surrendering to Him in the waters of baptism, having freed you from all sin, forgiven you of all sin, resurrected you, raised you up brand new in Christ, and then making you a child of God, a Christian. And then as a child of God, we free our minds we clear our conscience daily, walking in the light, but being honest with ourselves. Verse 7 of 1 John chapter 1. But if we walk in the light as He Himself is in the light, we have fellowship with one another, and the blood of Jesus, His Son, cleanses us from all sin. And if we say that we have no sin, we are deceiving ourselves, and the truth is not in us. And if we confess our sins... He is faithful and righteous to forgive us our sins and to cleanse us from all unrighteousness. If we say that we have not sinned, we make Him a liar and His Word is not in us. Isn't it beautiful to know that we can just be honest with God and with ourselves and say, Lord, I'm struggling and give it to Him. Give it to Him. And then walk new in Christ every moment of the day. The lesson is yours. I pray God something is said to encourage you, strengthen you, to look deep inside of your heart, to have a merry heart. Let's be in this building and let's be in the midst of the world with cheer, happiness, and joy because of who He is. The lesson is yours. Let us stand together and sing our song of invitation.